0: The following content is brought to you by Mind Initiative Incorporated. The opinions expressed in the following conversation are of the hosts and do not in any way represent the opinions of Mind Initiative as a whole. Some themes in this series may be distressing or triggering for some listeners and so viewer discretion is advised. If any of the content does trigger uncomfortable feelings or cause distress, we encourage you to reach out to us via our Facebook page or seek further support from beyondblue.org or contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 for 24 7 over the phone support. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we all stand and we extend our respect to the Elders, both past and present. Hey
1: everyone, I'm William Fletcher and welcome to the Mind to Mind podcast where we discuss a range of topics regarding everything you need to know about how to stay on top of your mental health. So how are you tonight, Claire?
0: I'm good. I'm tired. (laughs) It's been one of those days.
1: How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I've been quite busy throughout this week, just seeing so many people, you know. But, yeah, I've been doing pretty well. Um, So the topic we're talking about tonight is the cost of living and how it might impact your mental health?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So what do you, so what so what, so what do you think about this this topic, Claire?
0: Well, I've been listening to some uh, content on the topic, and yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And I and I was just listening to a figure about. Um, like you know the the cost of living and basically how that's you know impacting people's mental health and particularly like it was a figure like 40 percent of Australians since the COVID pandemic know someone that's committed suicide and obviously like due to like not just inflation and homelessness and housing crisis, but also the COVID pandemic and how these all are in relationship with each other. And that really just got me thinking, um, yeah, there's obviously a really big correlation between um, the housing crisis, cost of living and people's deteriorating mental health. So
1: yeah, absolutely. Because um, it's, it, it is basically it is an issue that is that every single Australian is facing at the moment no one I don't think anybody really is not struggling with the rising pressures of day-to-day living the cost of living and it's stressful it's, it's definitely stressful to stay on top of it all and you know the, the, these rising tensions that you can't really run from in any way or, or other so you just gotta just you know take it and hopefully you're earning more than what you have to pay for your living and like it's it's just it's it's been so hard um finding work um post pandemic especially for me it's just been so it's been it's been a real struggle for me because like I have um gotten to certain points where I thought I was about to land a job and I was so close to landing a stable job at the start of COVID. And then a couple of weeks later, I lost it because of the intensifying pandemic and I was kind of just left alone again, back at square one, just searching for another job and just starting the cycle all over again. So
0: yeah. 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 That's really, that's really tough. Yeah, um, And I, I don't know how this completely relates, but having been looking for work myself as well for like new job opportunities I've just realized lately how much jobs are asking of people and how that also it ties into unemployment because now they don't just want basic tasks and then they and then they will teach you they want a massive list of skills and programs and things that you understand which I feel like a lot of Jobs are spoiled for choice because, especially, we are having a large amount of immigration and stuff. A lot of that is skilled immigration, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it does kind of tie into why we're having like a housing crisis as well. Like New South Wales have had 750,000 people came in one year during COVID, and we have about eight million population, so that's like almost an eighth of our population. And I think with it being so hard for people to find a job that's also affecting the living crisis because people are having to work in jobs under their means as well. Like having to work in really low skilled industries because employers are kind of spoiled for choice. Yeah. Um, does that make any sense to you guys? I know that's a lot to take yeah, in, sure. but. It, it does yeah. make sense yeah. to me. Yeah.
1: Like when i see a lot of these experience all, all these job requirements online it often to me just kind of like equates to like the same feeling i get when i look at a big billboard outside of like a theme park ride. like mm. you must be in this fit, fitness of health you must not have all these conditions you must be this 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 tall in order to get on the ride and it's mm. like if you don't have the experience for this job then your first thought is like, well, where can I go get the experience? But like, mm. you have to find the experience somewhere, but like the one that you're in if you don't have oh, Exactly. And yeah. that cycle <laughs> can be, it's maddening because like, why can't you just give me the experience and just take me on? But like constantly having to like, you know, reach farther,
0: yeah, they want so, you to go and yeah, do like, they want you to go and do like a six month internship somewhere yeah. to get the experience where you essentially are going to be working for free. And, or yeah. or like my favourite is when you see jobs that are like, yeah. that like an admin or something, and it will be like uh, people with bachelor degree preferred. And you're like, why would I go to uni for four years to go and work in an industry that's not related to the field? To yeah. work on minimum wage when I like when my degree has nothing to do with
1: yeah
0: the industry and you just think and it's not just lower like it's not just lower income jobs it's all jobs it's just yeah that's just one section I guess of the of the problem but I think it is a big problem because people now it, it's coming to the fact of like to get a good job everyone I know now doesn't just have a bachelor's degree they also have like a master's degree and it's like how can people afford to be at uni and or upskill or do internships and do all these wonderful things that employers want and that we have to do now to be able to afford to live just an average life um when we're trying to earn money to live like how can we go and do all these things to get ourselves out of this you know survival crisis where as australians we're having to just work multiple jobs to get by, it's very it's very yeah.
1: <laughs> really. Yeah. yeah, no wonder there's a mental health crisis. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I have been, I, I have actually myself studied at, at uni studying film and I went there for about three years and I graduated with a bachelor's degree and I haven't been able to find any paid work in the film industry. So, yeah, try and wrap your head around that. And I've only ever found one pay position in my life, even that's with really all that experience, and and that qualification that didn't seem to get me anywhere.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. very. It's very stressful, yeah. and yeah, that's the thing. They want us all to go to university, yeah. and then when we go, it's like it's not a guaranteed door. And,
1: yeah. And I I knew it was going to be hard. I just didn't realise it was going to be like bashing my head against a brick wall. Mm. So, um, but there is a silver lining. I do volunteer work with a friend I met through film school trying to build up his independent company. Yeah. And that, that I'm very passionate about. Though it's not paid work, it's more just passion work, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, I was on a film set of his of, of his film about a month ago and the film got finished. So I felt very proud of myself and the entire team for pulling that off.
0: That's really cool.
1: Now up to him, though, how he wants to release it. I have no control over that.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So there's that. I, 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 and I kind of feel like this is trying to teach me something, like, that the uh the current game of sorts of trying to find paid paid work it's like there's just something fundamentally wrong with it all but i can't really seem to explain what it is but yeah it it, it is a requirement though i have to do it and Mm -hmm. i want to do it but i just feel like i'm I'm missing something that is that is not getting me all the way over the bridge into finding employment.
0: Yeah, it's it's really tough. I think we'll, we'll wrap um, back to the the cost of living and how that affects people's mental health and I guess we can talk about our own our own situations as well. How do you feel will that the cost of living changes have impacted you personally?
1: well I now your mental health it did impact my mental health a bit but I was very lucky because I was um able to move back in with my parents yeah. so now, i now I, I'm as I speak I am sitting on a fold-out bed in the room which used to be my parents study
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that my parents have moved their computers out into the living room and have given yeah. me space to to sleep and read and watch movies and you know, upload on my YouTube channel and just, you know, yeah. basically did what I did in my apartment but now in a smaller space.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the reason I, I had to move out of my apartment is because my NRAS financial support ran out. Mm-hmm. And my original r- rate of rent every week was $269.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When that ran out, it went up to $450. Mm-hmm. And I could no longer afford it. And that was the end of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's scary because what what we're seeing is the fact that say you were a single mom and that happened to you, you might end up rehashing a toxic relationship, going back into domestic violence or becoming homeless because of that situation or having to live in a refuge um, or I've seen people, you know, who people in the pension who after their rent, they have $50, uh, to buy food with every week. And they're very, they're very certain about how they make that $50, um, work for them for food and a $50 rental increase, uh, leaves them, uh, choosing between food and, and a house. And I feel like that's, um, yeah, that's interest and just it's not interesting it's really a tragic situation um that a lot of people are being faced with Mm -hmm. but I'm sure you enjoyed living by yourself and like the independence of that and it's quite annoying that you've had to um like you've had to move back in with your family
1: yeah I mean both both circumstances had their pros and cons. I did like my independence and my privacy, mm-hmm. but the loneliness did get to me at times. Yeah, and I would often maybe spend enough afternoon over here instead, and yeah. then my place later.
0: Yeah. At least
1: when I'm here, there's always family around, and there's um I've got I've got a dog who who mm. loves who adores me, and oh. I, I have a brother that I don't talk to that much, but we still. You know, you know, hang out every now and then, so mm. yeah, so yeah, yes, uh, do you
0: feel that it's impacted your family or maybe people around you that have children or have mortgages or I know my brother's just bought a house, and it's now putting a lot of stress on him and his uh, partner who are getting married soon to be able to afford a wedding and also afford to live. I mean, and they're fortunate people because they're not um scraping by, I guess, but they're finding it hard and they're having to work extra hours and working extra, de- like, six days a week compared to five to afford their mortgage. It's actually, <laughs>
1: moving back here, hasn't really been as much of a burden as you probably would think. It's actually, I mean, like, I, I still got to pay the board, but it's a lot less than what it was in in, in my apartment. Yeah, I still pay two seventy, but that's kind of pay off airfares so that I I recently went to New Zealand. Yeah, but after a couple of months, that would just be about seventy dollars, and, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So I have been given a lot more room to save. I, I have a, I have a holiday saving account where I've saved up twelve hundred dollars. I also have one more reserve savings account in my ANZ Plus, which. At, at, at this point in time doesn't have much in it, but there's, it's growing. I mean, the, the potential is there. So.
0: Yeah. I, I think, um, look, a lot, okay. The cost of living is very interesting um, because firstly, we'll start off talking about food, for instance. And, and this is an interesting, uh, interesting topic for me because I got to understand this firsthand by, working with farmers so when I was doing some visual merchandising a few years ago I was working with the farmers um that do the red tip bananas you've probably seen them they're a type of organic banana and um, they farm other fruit as well and the nicest people ever um and he was just saying that they could sell their bananas for so basically the same as a standard banana in Woolworths. They would be happy if they were sold at that price. Um, but Woolworths has always just controlled them, like uh, as they control every other brand, and their price point is high, and and often stores don't stock them because maybe that area can't, the people in that area can't afford um that organic product. It's a, it's not actually organic, it's a different type of farming to organic, but that's off the topic. That always that also comes into the the cost of living because that's what happened over COVID with the, you know, the big food chain saying that they needed to up their prices and they've gone up about 15%, but they really only needed to go up maybe like two or three percent. And um due to all COVID and all those issues. And I mean, as you know, we produce a lot of food in Australia as well. So a lot of, uh, and and Woolworths, as you'll see, companies like Woolworths, companies like Qantas um, have had some of their highest earning years um, since the COVID pandemic. So that's yeah, telling us that um, they're not losing out, but we are. And yeah. we're paying uh, 20% more for a flight, 15% yeah. more for food. Um, well,
1: well, Qantas was actually out of action for quite a while during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, but as soon as they came back up and started offering yeah. flights and certain countries started off, uh, opening up, they were having some of their highest sales numbers. So that just tells us that there is definitely a system happening and it's, yeah, that, yeah. It's, the government could step in and intervene and fight and make restrictions on companies and cap certain prices. Um, I'm sure if they tried, but nothing is being done to stop it. And realistically, with the housing prices prices, the more immigration we're allowing him, the more the housing's gonna go up because of the demand and the house is being sold. And obviously, when a market is busy, it's like when there's not enough land in the area, hence why CBDs are usually expensive, or coastal areas, the cost of the cost of housing goes up, and then our rent also goes up. So I feel like the government also could. Contr- it's it's really encouraging a lot of immigration at the moment, and immigration is amazing. I love that we're in a multicultural com- country, but during a time of uh, economic crisis, uh, letting in a million people just into New South Wales is quite a lot of stress yeah on
1: the
0: existing population financially. I don't want to turn this into economics lesson, but but it all kind of relates, right? And you know, when most people like most on my friends that live around Sydney, their rent is about five hundred dollars a week. But then you look at an average wage, and it's about nine hundred dollars after tax, yeah. and they give you four hundred dollars to buy your food, pay your bills, pay for your train and bus every day to work, and really, it's not not very much for people to live on especially those that have families it's yeah. um, kind of almost it's kind of impossible
1: so. it's adding fuel to the fight to the fire of stress basically and it's just too much for a lot of people to handle which is very yeah but anyway um how, how do you think the cost of living do is is particularly affecting people like anxiety or, or like depression are they likely to feel like to think that spending money will make them feel better because overspending is definitely a problem i've struggled with in the past that i've gotten a lot better with over the years but overspending is such a easy habit to fall into and it can be very hard to break even realize that you're doing it but if i you, think it, yeah thanks for sure
0: I think a lot of people are taking different routes I think the first is that people are having to work extra jobs or extra shifts or I'm noticing it's just a lot a lot more uber drivers and you can tell because I whenever I order an uber it's so it's just comes in like 30 seconds is obviously just a lot more and I was having this conversation actually um with an uber driver and he's um from Pakistan and he said like you know I've had, I'm thinking of sending my family back home and just because I've gone from making $400 a day um, and being able to provide for my family um, and my wife can be with the kids and now I'm making $150 a day and $50 of that is petrol and I can't really survive. So, and he was generally, he seemed generally stressed out and unhappy. Um, so, I feel like that's one way, and and but the thing is as as humans, like we're not designed to just work every single day of the week.
1: Oh, no, absolutely not.
0: Like we can't um, we can't function like it's not good for our mental health. Our connections with family and friends yeah. start to fall apart when we're living to work, and then the money that you you can't even it's not like you're even saving up for a holiday or something fun or living to work to pay bills. It's just a never-ending cycle for people. And I think it definitely is depressing. Like what's the point of life if there's no joy, if you're just working all the time?
1: I mean, that's right. I mean, like if you're 24-7 forced work is very unnatural. And like um, at this point, I mean, it's more like, it's just like the battle of like, do you want to, work to find something you love but you might not get paid for it or or looking for just a job that will just pay the bills but it's not giving you any creative or emotional fulfillment whatsoever
0: yeah that's that's true and I feel like a lot of people as well are like we said are overspending because yeah. they maybe before their income allowed them enough to save for something to invest in or for the future. And now they've got a hundred dollars left over in the week. And instead of saving that, they're spending it on Uber Eats yeah. or yeah. Um, whatever people spend their money on Um, because they're like, they're not saving as much money as they used to. So they just don't yeah. see the point in saving at all. I think yeah. that's what's happening. I see that a lot with my friends. They're just, I just, just yeah.
1: giving up on... I, I almost don't enjoy going to the shopping centre anymore because it's just it's just a money magnet, really. And it's like I'd rather just have fun at home with family instead of going yeah. out to the shopping centre and knowing that I'm going to be spending something. Yeah. They're not going to be benefit me that much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something to think about. But, yeah, I think... I think I think I think one last thing that I'll say is that um the uh, I did see a uh, friendly Geordie's video on, on on the housing crisis and it's probably one of the best videos I've seen on the Australian crisis I've seen so far. So he's definitely a very helpful channel when it comes to like Australian topics like that. But anyway, that's just a little
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway they were they were really interesting. But I feel yeah. like this is a really complex topic. Um yeah. and we definitely. We might definitely explore this on another episode because, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, money is not everything, but when you don't have money, it becomes everything.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think
0: that's how a lot of people are feeling at the moment is they're having to think about money all the time because they can't live and we don't want to live in a society. Like Australia is such a fortunate country. Yeah. We're kind of going a little bit, a little bit a lot backwards um and that's really sad and I hope we pick ourselves out of this and this doesn't become the new normal
1: yeah absolutely
0: cool um anything else you want to say before we wrap up
1: not really no cool
0: yeah awesome
1: okay you to well uh, oh yeah um just just letting you know as always if anything about this video has um caused um um upsetting upsetting feelings or triggered you in any way um just call lifeline on 13 and 11 fourteen. They're just one call away and they're always there to put you back on your feet if you're ever feeling in distress or a crisis but yeah that's basically it thanks for tuning in awesome